Welcome to the Develop Yourself Podcast, where we teach you everything you need to land your first job as a developer by developing yourself, your skills, your network, your habits, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Peter Elbaum, and today we're talking about something that has come up a lot on the pod recently between me and Aaron, and that is automation. So today I'm going to talk about what it takes to start automating things, how much code you need to start learning before you can maybe automate parts of your job away or even replace your job. Specific technologies that help you do this, like Puppeteer.js, which I think is one of the most underrated pieces of open source software out there. Some examples of things you can do with just knowing a little bit of Node.js and maybe a bit of Puppeteer. How to actually schedule tasks so you don't have to do them. Things like Zapier. Uh, businesses you can build on the back of automation, like automation agencies, which we've mentioned on the podcast, and the business I'm building, and also the writing I'm doing about automation on LinkedIn. So it's a little bit of a grab bag, but I hope it's interesting to you. I find it super interesting. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so right off the bat, let's start with a definition. So what does it mean to automate something? The way I think about automation is basically you have a task or some kind of repeating work that's assigned to you, whether that's in your personal life to do with maybe your personal finance or your budget or just random homeowner things you have to do, or it's related to your job where it's um, something that is kind of boring and repetitive. And essentially you take this boring and repetitive task and you use code or some kind of technology to make it so that you don't have to do it anymore. So that's a very rough kind of layman's definition of what it means to automate something. And so now that we have a little bit of a working definition of what it means to automate something, the next question I think logically is how much code or how technical do you have to be before you can start automating things? So for the purpose of answering this question, I'm going to ignore no code tools just at the beginning and talk solely about learning to code. And I think the amount of code that you have to learn to be able to start doing this is actually pretty minimal. So if you're interested in learning to code, the things I would learn in whatever the language is are, first of all, variables. I would also learn loops or what's sometimes called control flow. So loops and also um, if else, logical kind of Boolean programming. And then I would learn how to start packaging your code in functions, which are essentially reusable chunks of code. And then based on whatever kind of environment you pick, whether Node.js or Python or something else, I would start to learn a little bit about how to use packages that other people have written. So if you've picked Node.js, this is going to be NPM. If you pick Python, this is going to be pip. Um, Golang, I think, has a lot that are included in the language, like it has a standard library, which is super cool coming from JavaScript world because we don't really have that. Uh, PHP is similar. So basically, try and figure out what is included in the language that you've picked and also what some popular libraries are that you could maybe download and play around with because those are going to end up being super helpful as you automate things. But essentially, kind of the, the short list, I think, of what you need to learn to be able to start using things are you know loops, variables, uh, if-else statements, and um, functions. And from there, you need to learn how to invoke whatever your file or your function is from the command line. And then you can start doing stuff. Uh, and so you can start repackaging data. I have a very kind of elementary uh, script. The first thing I really did in terms of automation is my wife had a task for her job that I've talked about a bunch on the podcast because it's just kind of the easiest example of she had to take a CSV 
and turn each line in the CSV into a chunk of HTML and then take that HTML and upload it to her job's content management system. So I'm automated taking the CSV and turning it into the chunks of HTML. And that's something that I think anybody could do with just a few weeks of programming experience. So that's kind of the answer to the first question. How much code do you need to know in order to start using this? Okay, next I wanna talk about open source software. So I just mentioned packages, but I wanna talk about one package in particular that I discovered not too long ago. I think it is possibly the most underrated piece of open source software out there, and that is Puppeteer.js. And what is Puppeteer? Puppeteer is essentially an NPM package that allows you to interact with a headless version of Chrome. So that is basically a browser window that you don't see. There is an option to be able to see it, which I use just to be able to see that things are working. Um, but it is a package that I believe is developed and maintained by the same people that make the engine that Chrome runs on. And essentially what it allows you to do is to write code to mimic or replicate what you normally would do in a GUI. So as a user, if you move your mouse around and click and fill forms out and navigate to new pages and take screenshots, like all those kind of things you can do in Puppeteer just by writing code. And so you can see pretty, you know, obviously how powerful that is to be able to essentially do anything that you can do as a human in a browser, but with code. Okay, so if you aren't using Puppeteer or you aren't using Node.js, I don't know for sure, but I would guess that there are similar libraries in other languages. So I would guess that Python kind of has its own version. Maybe Go has its own version of ways of interacting with the browser. And so I would figure out what those are. But for our purposes, I'm just going to kind of divide what I consider automation into three buckets. The third we're not going to talk about. The first is just kind of regular good old scripting with a scripting language like Node.js, PHP, Python, that kind of thing. The second bucket is using open source libraries in that language to be able to do more dynamic things like using Puppeteer, like I mentioned. And the third bucket is going to be AI automation and prompt engineering, which is kind of this whole new field that you've probably heard of to do with OpenAI, ChatGPT, and their API. I'm not going to touch that for now. I think that's probably worth doing a whole episode on in and of itself. And I'm honestly not an expert in it yet. No one really is because it's so new, but I'm mostly uh, have experience in doing the first two. And so I'm going to focus there today. So the question is with these kind of two buckets, so scripting and using open source software, what are the kinds of things that you can do? So I want to talk a little bit about what examples are of things that you can do. So uh, specifically with scripting, you can do data transformation. So I mentioned that before the example with my wife and her job. So that is a pretty classic thing. You can also do diffing with, you know, forms or reports. So in uh, the business that I'm currently helping out, uh, they do a lot with CSV reports. And a lot of times there's a task where it's like, we need to know who's on this one report, but not on this other report. And if you know anything about code, you know, that's just a simple filter in JavaScript. And so uh, that kind of thing, I think, is great for just good old classic scripting. Then when you bring in something like Puppeteer, you kind of take it up another level. So once you introduce something like Puppeteer, you can do all the things I mentioned and a lot of things I didn't mention, like if you know that there's an API out there, you can make API requests. But Puppeteer allows you to do a whole new set of things. And so the first thing that comes to mind with Puppeteer is 
maybe you need to interact with a service that doesn't have an API. You either need to get some data or you need to send some data. So that would be a get request or a post request for those of you that know HTTP verbs. And maybe it's not possible because the service you're using or interacting with doesn't have an API. Puppeteer is great for that kind of thing. It's also great for kind of building your own API if you ever need to do that of data that isn't publicly available. Puppeteer can help you scrape websites too. Just in the past couple months of using Puppeteer, I've used it mostly for posting data. So in a couple different cases, uh, one case, you know, there wasn't an API. And so I used Puppeteer to essentially be my API where I need to send a bunch of data to the service. And in the other case, uh, I was on kind of a government website where I needed to submit the same form like a bunch of different times with different information. And they had an endpoint that looked like it was going to be pretty easy to hit, but I ended up using Puppeteer to do it anyway. And so I was essentially using Puppeteer to fill this form out a bunch of different times based on some data that I had in a CSV format. And so that was kind of marrying the two things, scripting and using Puppeteer. Scripting because I was having my script comb through or loop through each row in a CSV. You could also do that with JSON. And then Puppeteer was kind of taking it from there and submitting this form. So there are a million things you can do. There's a bunch of things I haven't touched on in part because I haven't had to, uh, the need for it yet, but you can take PDF screenshots with Puppeteer. Uh, you can you know, navigate to different pages. So that's pretty straightforward. Uh, but there's a whole API doc and I haven't even really scratched the surface, but just from these kind of few functions here, uh, kind of a whole new world has opened up and I think it's incredible. So uh, I hope that gets your gears turning. That's just a few examples of things you can do. But if you have any kind of manual boring task, even if it seems kind of complicated, I think Puppeteer could probably help you out. So if you're an office worker and you're thinking, I really want to learn to code, this could be a great way to get started. And I've known people in the past that have even built software at work and then ended up kind of building a new job for themselves. I'm a big fan of the lateral transfer. So if you're looking to become a software engineer and you don't necessarily want to quit your job, this could be a great way to get started. If you kind of automate yourself out of a job, then your new job could be maintaining the scripts or building new scripts. So that's something to think about. All right, I wanna talk really quickly about how to schedule things. I mentioned that at the top. So probably the simplest way is going to be using a cron job. And there's a way of doing this kind of natively on your command line, but there's also a Node.js package that allows you to do it as well that might be a little bit more easy to interact with. But the whole point is if you need to do something on a schedule, and let's say you really are trying to automate yourself out of a job and you need to send this report to your boss like every Monday morning at nine, you can write essentially a cron job, which I mentioned, which is kind of this weird looking star language. Uh, people who are developers are rolling their eyes at me right now, but I'm mostly thinking of a non-technical audience here. Basically, it's a way to let uh, your machine know that at whatever time you need to run the script. And so the thing is you're laptop needs to be on in order for it to work. So there's ways of adjusting the settings that will allow you to kind of have your laptop be awake. So it has to be awake. I'm thinking of Mac users mostly here. But if your laptop is awake and the cron, uh, the time comes for where the cron needs to run, then things should be fine. So essentially there are ways of scheduling this. Uh, look into it, Google it. And we might try and put something in the show notes, but there are ways out there to do that if you're really trying to go down the I'm 
you know, automate yourself out of a job route, or you just don't want to have to worry about running this script and it's predictable enough to be able to schedule it. So look into cron jobs. Okay, next let's talk about the role of no code tools. So probably what you're going to end up using if you go for a no code tool is Zapier. I believe Zapier has the market share. It's probably the most popular kind of no code automation tool out there. And Aaron has significant experience with it. I'm gaining experience with it. And this is going to be a great choice for you if you're not technical and you're not really interested in becoming technical. And it is awesome for, I would say, like everyday use cases. So stuff that is pretty normal. And for me, stuff that I wouldn't want to write code to do because I know that it's going to be faster to do it in Zapier is really good for. So for example, like every time someone submits this form, I want a new line on this spreadsheet. That kind of stuff Zapier is awesome for. It can get even more complicated like that. Like there's cron scheduling for zaps, like I mentioned. It can hit APIs. It can hit your own servers. It Really, the sky's the limit and it is super, super powerful. But I think Zapier is going to be a great way to get started for the majority of people out there. Some things you can do with Zapier in addition to what I just mentioned, you can parse emails and then take action based on what those emails are. You can, like I said, take form submissions and put them on a spreadsheet. You can take form submissions and do just about anything else in the world with them. You can add people to your CRM based on form submissions, like basically anything that has a Zapier integration, you can connect to anything else that has a Zapier integration. So if you're interested in this, I would say just go on there and see what is available in terms of the apps and see some example zaps out there. So a zap is kind of a set of automations. And so there's a lot of example zaps out there that I think are really good that could start to get your wheels turning a little bit and that could help you begin to find things in your life to start automating. Okay, next I want to talk about businesses that you can build on the back of automation if you happen to get really into this. And full disclosure, I'm trying to build a business that is totally about automation because it is my favorite kind of coding to do. I've mentioned that in the past. I how do I put this? I don't love as much building CRUD apps. And the reality is if you get a software engineering job, probably it's going to be building a CRUD app in some form or fashion, unless you get like super deep into backend engineering and, you know, crazy stuff, Kubernetes, maybe CICD DevOps. If you're not doing that kind of stuff, you're probably building CRUD that's create, read, update, delete, basically anything where the user creates data, gets that data, and then changes that data in some way. So a blog is an example of a CRUD app. Anyway, that was a long digression. But basically, once you've done that a few times, it begins to get kind of boring. And also in my career, mostly I've been working with clients at agencies. And usually clients have a lot of thoughts about how things look and feel. And so one of the great things about automation is that a lot of times there's no interface, or if there is an interface, it's very simple. It just needs to exist to be able to kick whatever this automation is off. And I love that. I also love that it has a direct impact on making people's lives better and more efficient. And honestly, they're just a lot of fun to write most of the time because you're dealing with services and problems that don't typically come up when you're doing regular web engineering. And for me, that's a lot of fun. And I love it so much that I want to build a business on it. 
this happens to coincide pretty well with the rise of ChatGPT and this whole idea of AI automation agencies. So if you ever see AAA around there, then that's probably what this is in reference to. But this is people who are essentially doing what I'm saying. So traditional scripting, maybe some Zapier, and then also throwing AI into it. So prompt engineering, working with the open AI API, building custom chat bots, that kind of thing. There are a bunch of people on YouTube that are starting to make videos about this. Uh, the guy I like the most is called Liam Otley. And Liam's videos honestly really inspired me. I had the idea to do kind of a Zapier agency a few years ago, and it ended up not really working out in part because I was thinking that this would be for individuals. And that's a mistake I made a lot. And now I'm focusing on selling to businesses. And so my agency is called Slaptask. You can go to slaptask.com. For the time being, it'll just take you to my LinkedIn, but that's because I'm trying to focus on the thing that is usually most hard for engineers to do off the bat, and that's sales. Usually we like building stuff, but another great thing about having an automation agency is at the moment, there's nothing really to build other than kind of a landing page because all of the work is once you have clients. It's not like it's building a SaaS. And so uh, if you happen to own a business out there and you're listening to this, I would be happy to talk to you. Shameless plug, we normally shave until the end, but I guess I'm going ahead with it right now. Um, but essentially, I think this is a really interesting business idea for a lot of reasons. The first is that I think automation is just going to become more and more popular and necessary. I love this podcast that Aaron and I mentioned sometimes called My First Million. And they have this person on there named Steph Smith from time to time who is awesome. And one of her ideas that she brought to the podcast, because it's a brainstorming podcast, is having essentially a chief automation officer at companies. And you know why aren't companies doing this? And I think she's a bit ahead of the curve, but I do think this will happen at some point. And so anybody that is good at defining systems and processes and then streamlining those is going to have a lot of really interesting work to do. On the flip side, not everybody is going to want to hire somebody in-house to do stuff. And so I think that opens up an opportunity for this type of business. And uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. You could be just Zapier. You could be Zapier and custom code. You could be those two plus OpenAI API. There's a lot of different ways to do it, kind of those three buckets I mentioned. But I think like I said, this is just fun. Like I think it's great. I think having a really tangible outcome in a pretty short amount of time on your clients is awesome. As opposed to doing something like building a web app, a lot of times the feedback cycles for those are really long. And like I said, people tend to have a lot of opinions about those. Whereas with a script, I think if it's solving the problem, then it's a win. And for me, that's super exciting and motivating. And so yeah, slaptask.com. If you happen to be out there, you have a need for this, feel free to reach out. And if you're listening to this and you want to get started building your own business, then I think this is a great place to start. Okay, last but not least, where to learn more. So if this has really kind of piqued your interest, then you might be asking yourself, where can I start developing these skills? Where can I learn more about these ideas? So for basic JavaScript, I always recommend that people go to freecodecamp.org. It is, in my opinion, one of the best places to learn to code online, and it's totally free. I'll also link a video or two about Puppeteer.js if you're interested specifically in knowing what it can do. I think it's very awesome, as I mentioned. And then I'll also link Liam Otley's videos. He's specifically about how to build an AI automation agency, but I think he's super interesting if you want to go more the business route. 
And then one last shameless plug before we get to our normal shameless plugs is on my LinkedIn, I'm writing one post Monday through Friday about automation, the value of it, how to get into it, what kind of things you can automate. And so if you're interested in going more in this direction, like I mentioned, if you work in an office job and you want to get rid of some tasks or you're an engineer and you're interested in different flavors of engineering, then feel free to give me a follow there and you'll see that post every Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. So anyway, that was our deep dive on automation. I hope that it was helpful to you. I hope it was interesting. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to answer them. And thanks so much for being with us and listening to the end. A few more regular shameless plugs before you go. Parsity is at parsity.io. We also have a free 30-day cohort-based JavaScript course called Dev30. That's at dev30.xyz. My YouTube channel is at youtube.com slash Peter And as I mentioned, Slaptask is at slaptask.com, which will take you to my LinkedIn for the moment because I'm focusing on sales. Thanks so much for being with us, and we will see you in the next one.